0: Listening to myself around, like, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm gonna cry.
1: We're back. (laughs) Wow, the anticipation.
0: Longest pause ever.
1: Oh, creative cream. I've missed you.
0: (laughs) I don't know if anybody missed us. didn't ask (laughs) yeah so last time we um did this it was december of 2020 which is crazy because so much has happened since then and we're just gonna recap a few things have happened (laughs)
1: let's say the highlights
0: well the cat that we used to have that we talked about named iso was brutally murdered by our landlord's dog four months in so we also taylor
1: went full-time with her business
0: (laughs) we have a new kitty his name is goose he's still alive (laughs) no it's um yeah sad story but i did go full-time it's been a year as of may 28th yeah that's when i had to pay my annual business license for the state of oregon um, and I think I worked on that day and might have bought myself something yummy to eat.
1: I bought you a card.
0: And you bought me a very sweet card. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: God, I'm a great boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Propaganda. What? No, you are. You're good. Yeah. Um earlier today we sat on the lawn, because it's sunny. It's gonna be about eighty five degrees today. And I am recovering. actually. Okay. <laughs> I am recovering from a sciatic twisted SI joint issue that's been leaving me in a lot of pain, so just taking it slow today.
1: Your posterior inferior sciatic nerve was being pinched by <laughs> You're... He
0: is repeating what my acupuncturist and cranial sacral practitioner texted me earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very long scientific worded yeah. thing that I do not understand. But um, yeah, so we sat on the lawn earlier today together and he came over to me and like held me. Um, we were like chest to chest, um, sitting cross-legged and he wrapped his legs around me. <laughs> and it was very sweet.
1: Yeah, I wanted to connect.
0: Yeah, we've been so busy with work that I feel like I used to be the one that always talked about work, and you. Do you mind me. if I
1: interrupt and sure. I share the highlights? <laughs> sure. You're doing a very poor job oh. of of laying out the highlights since our last episode.
0: Okay, great. Go for it.
1: <sighs> so, Taylor did go full time, and. We stopped going to therapy.
0: <laughs> and we broke up. No.
1: <laughs> we did not do that. That's a lie. You're, you're really bad at highlights. <laughs> really, really bad.
0: They need some fun, you know? Yeah. Some plot twist.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's see, what else? We struggled for a while on figuring out how to navigate our relationship while both being full-time business owners working from home and a lot of times we'll hire each other and work together Mm -hmm. and we go on dates and we travel together and we're always together always get
0: away from me you know
1: and that was really difficult (laughs) that was really difficult for a while uh we stopped going to therapy in i think it was november of 2021 Yeah. so we went like almost all of 2020 thank god (laughs) yeah and then
0: and then at the
1: beginning of 2020 Uh sorry 2021 Mm -hmm. in April yeah right before you went full-time I started taking Adderall for my attention deficit disorder (laughs) and that was a roller coaster my god if you want to know more we're not going to cover everything about that but if you want to know more you can go check out ambitious the other podcast which is also kind of taking a break right now (laughs) Uh, but we can, do you want to dwell on that for a little while? The ADHD (laughs) thing? I don't know.
0: Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe we could like come back around to that later.
1: (laughs) It was so intense. I was having the hardest time figuring out the dose, Mm -hmm. figuring out the consistency, finding a provider. Yeah. Um, and it's, we're finally good ish. And so now we're back with creative cream. (laughs) <laughs> only took me a year yeah a little over. yeah What was the hardest part of that for you if you want to dwell on it or we can just you can just say I, I don't want to answer that and we can move on.
0: <laughs> Is this a trap?
1: <laughs> Not even in a, a little bit.
0: <laughs> Not even in like a tiny bit <laughs> um the hardest part for me was one of course like watching you struggle and feeling scared of yourself.
1: Taylor. Yeah. I know it's a podcast, but you can be honest.
0: I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. See what I have to deal with? Um, So upon that, because, like, if you're scared, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. And then we're both fucking scared. So that was a new experience. And just kind of, like, learning how i respond and what happens for me as well as like how you are i mean it's just like a whole new thing um but the second piece was when you would be coming off of your medication you would get really irritable with me and very short and kind of like turning into like a different person at certain times of the day you want a sip no thank you and um that was really hard because you had never acted like that with me. And I, it was like, sometimes you'd get really mad and like nitpicky and you would be upset when I, I felt like everything was fine. And like, I wasn't acting any different than how I normally was. Yeah. It was a
1: combination of my, um, just my emotions being really affected by the medication, but then also you being full time and us spending so much time together That I was just hyper aware of you always being around. I wasn't getting enough alone time. And so I was just irritable for for multiple reasons. Also
0: during that time, you would talk about how you wanted to just like talk about something else other than work and spend quality time together. So like Mm -hmm. that's confusing to hear about now even as a surprise because that's how you were communicating whatever was coming up for you or like what you needed from me. And so...
1: Wait, I'm confused by what you're saying.
0: You would ask and say, hey, you're talking about work a lot. Like, I'd really like to have some quality time where we don't talk about work. And then you just told me that you, we were spending too much time together, which would, that doesn't make any sense. Oh,
1: well, okay. It's twofold. I wasn't getting enough alone time. Yeah. But then also whenever we were spending any time together, it was only work work yeah. related right. and so yes i i voiced to you that when we're spending time together i would like it to be quality time and maybe right. have days where we're not talking about work so we right. tried to set boundaries around when we put down work for the night yeah we worked on that with our therapist yeah. but then uh i think i remember saying to you that i i needed some alone time but then also that's not really something that i feel like i need to always say to you because it's not your responsibility yeah exactly i'll just go do it
0: (laughs) i can't do that for you
1: right that's what i'm saying and so yeah why are you confused
0: i it's fine i got it (laughs) sweet um but yeah i think that was the hardest thing just because also to with what i'm learning around adhd and how which symptoms affect you is like how people with ADHD, their brains are when you're processing in an argument is very different than someone who's not considered neurodivergent or whatever. And so like there can be a spiral of like really deep dive into something that maybe doesn't necessarily, it's like not the best time to talk about it. Or like sometimes you just need like space.
1: Yeah. Like if I'm hyper focused on a project I'm doing or, or something even like cooking, or I'm working on a video edit, or I'm trying to pick out my clothes or something, and I'm really focused on it or something. And then, for example, if I'm making a video at my desk, very focused on it, and you will be sitting behind me or doing something in the kitchen, and you'll just start telling me a story or asking for my Mm -hmm. advice or my attention. um, The way that my doctor explained it is that it begins this cascade of frustrating emotions inside of me.
0: Right. But that's not even what I was talking about.
1: Oh, like, sorry.
0: For me, it's like we're already in an, uh, an argument or like not an argument. Cause we don't really argue, but it's like a misunderstanding. And we're both feeling unseen or like someone said something that's really confusing. And then like, someone's having a hard time following the conversation Uh and then we don't even realize like how we got to where we were, which is pretty normal in relationship too. I feel like I hear a lot of couples say that sometimes they're like, I don't even know what we're fighting about anymore. Mm. But I think with someone who is neurodivergent, there's like also the need to like really, really process it out because you are hyper-focused on whatever's going on in the argument. And Mm. sometimes I'm just like, we just need space, you know? Yeah. And... Um, I think that has been really liberating for me to be like, it's okay. Cause like I'm an avoidant in relationships. So for me to be engaged while in space is like something I've been working really hard on in our relationship that I feel like very confident to say that I've made so much progress and I can officially trust myself that when I take space, I'm not checking out. I'm not like running away. I'm just kind of like, we don't need to over overcook Process. this you know yeah and um that's been super liberating so
1: nice yeah because like liberating
0: I want to show up as a partner and like be there if you have a concern of something that you want to talk about but I think sometimes it's just like wait to a later time or like you know it's just I'm sorry I forgot I shouldn't have said that thing or whatever, or I should have waited to talk to you until you were done or you should have said, Hey, I can't talk right now.
1: Yeah. You know, I feel like I've been doing that more lately. Like, yeah. hold on, give me a minute or yeah, really I can't good. talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I say that, mm-hmm. if I can just shed some light into what's happening for me, mm-hmm. when I make a boundary like that, I, um, uh, pretty much immediately doubt myself and I just get super worried that I hurt your feelings and that oh. you're going to be angry with me hmm. and then it takes me a few minutes to like drop back into what I'm doing because I am like feeling the room for like yeah is she angry
0: yeah well I mean you did that earlier today and it was like totally fine and I think it'll yeah. just over time build to where you can trust that that's fine that I'm going to be consistently okay yeah. in my response and it's also not your responsibility because like i'm human and there might be some times where i might get upset but like so am i gonna what tell that bitch to sit down and pipe down
1: oh my goodness <laughs> there's Sorry. no swearing on this podcast you're gonna
0: have to believe that <laughs> but i also um that kind of ties into like what i had to go through today with a client mm-hmm. where you make a boundary with someone because you have like a need that you need to take care of. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid to voice my concern around this session with the client. And I felt like it was best that we rescheduled because of some COVID factors. And they were adamant about us continuing with our scheduled date. And I got in touch with the fact that I was afraid of her response. Mm. (laughs) And not even afraid of like losing the money or disappoint, Like it was a valid reason to not do the session on that day you know and um like nothing personal at all just like logistics and I got to be like oh and then I talked to her and she was like you know deflated like oh god okay we're gonna reschedule but she was like super professional super fine like and I got the phone I almost cried (laughs) you did cry I did I did cry if I was honest um
1: hey just be honest
0: I am the first time (laughs) be honest from the beginning yeah i mean i'm i'm very squishy today i'm on my cycle and so
1: tell us more about your body
0: i feel like that was being (laughs) facetious of you fine i will talk about my body no i love your body i'm i'd
1: love to have a whole episode about that no this episode is about Taylor's body.
0: No, uh, she has allowed.
1: very silky, golden brown Sh- hair. <laughs>
0: no, that is enough. Anyway,
1: she just got a brow lamb.
0: Oh yeah, brow lamb and intent and wax. I'm actually My girl yeah, Jamie impressed. From D D and Co salon.
1: I'm impressed girl. that I uh, was able to remember that? the name of what you did.
0: <laughs> wow, good job. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so ADHD highlights the hardest things that uh, the things that were hardest for me to deal with the cool things about ADHD. Mm -hmm. Talk about some positive things.
1: There's positives.
0: Yeah. Is that I think you are super highly creative because of it. Like you can teach yourself really hard skills. You can sit down and be like, I'm going to learn this thing, go down a rabbit hole and then like the next day do it. Mm-hmm. And be like pretty good at it where like I want to hire like six people. <laughs> I want to learn from a person who can explain it and show it to me rather than watch a YouTube video. Granted, I watch YouTube videos.
1: What makes you think that that ha- has anything to do with ADHD?
0: Um, Because you will watch like 20 videos and you will focus on it for like days on a certain subject. Mm-hmm. That like, I just don't, I haven't like seen a lot, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I haven't dated a lot of creators, but like most people are like, "Eh," you know, and then you like shoot or whatever and you just like, whatever. Mm. But you were like, I am going to fucking learn this shit to the core, you know? And it's the same analogy of like, I'd had a jacket for a year and I didn't know about this one pocket. I give you the jacket for five effing minutes and you know about every single function of the jacket. And it's really cool because one, I'll be honest, I do benefit from that. (laughs) But two, because it's just like, it teaches me a lot about how I can be to like really... Understand something that I can teach myself whatever I want. I just have to be really disciplined But it is like really hard for my brain in the way that I learn To sit down at a computer and just watch videos all day long. Like it's very It can be very challenging for me
1: even if it's not in even if it's something that's interesting to you
0: Yep I literally my brain power. I'm like i'm tired now
1: Hmm. I can do that with stuff that Doesn't interest me too though Like even if I, if it's something that I just need to know, Mm -hmm. like the other day, I, I really needed to know specific details about aspect ratios for video sizing Mm -hmm. and I don't care about aspect ratios. It's just numbers. Right. But I did like two hours of research and was able to figure it out. Yeah. What would you have done in that situation?
0: Um I probably would have done the same thing but it might have taken me a lot longer. Mm. It doesn't mean that I like can't do it and I won't do it. I'm very disciplined.
1: So you'd when prefer When I need to be. Oh yeah, you're very very disciplined.
0: Yeah, but it takes a lot for me to be like okay. Like there's a lot you don't see under the surface of like what it took me to get to that place where it's like very rigid. I have to have very structured Moments where or like I don't know a system that supports me to like do that you know like you know with all my food stuff where when you met me I wasn't even eating any sugar no honey no fruit like absolutely zero is because I also never bought it I never had it around me I was like this is not something I'm eating right now there was like no wiggle and that's how I had to be with that
1: you did all your own research on diets and nutrition didn't you
0: no, I learned from a lot of people around me.
1: So your learning style is you prefer to ask people and have them tell you.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. And show mm. me.
1: Well, I do that, too, just through the Internet. I ask yeah. questions to YouTube and then I, and then yeah, I find a person. Yeah, but it's very
0: different to do that with a screen than it is like a living, breathing person who you're engaged with.
1: Well, I think the reason I like to do it on YouTube as opposed to asking a human is because... Uh, when I ask human beings face-to-face certain questions when I need to learn something, right. human beings typically love to hear themselves talk and they really like to, you know, share as much information because it's satisfying for them. Right. And with YouTube, I can just fast forward and skip around and, and then exit right. out if I don't like the sound of their voice or the way that they're telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. like, a lot of times, I'll, you know, I will ask people in person, But then as soon as they give me their answer, I'm like, cool. But then they will want to keep talking and give me examples. And I'm like, I am super over this. Next. Fast forward. (laughs) Yeah. Close window. Hmm.
0: Um, Yeah, I I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much. But I also don't have ADHD. So that's probably why. I love talking
1: to people about stuff, but just maybe not, uh, yeah, like learning from them.
0: Well, yeah. And I feel like sometimes like I have little ways of being like steering a conversation that can be very much like a hard line or like a very gentle like, okay, now we're going to. Oh, and so what you were saying is, you know, like keeping people on track, which Mm -hmm. I feel like you've heard a little bit and gained a little bit from me on that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) What was that?
1: (laughs) I think it was just the spring. Oh,
0: I I just had to move my mic. Um, Yeah. But I totally get that. And you know, maybe I'll learn more about that, the benefits of that as time goes on, because I honestly haven't really done like a whole lot. Like if I have a session that I want to learn how to do better posing with families, I'll definitely do the same thing where I'll kind of skip around and I'll like jump around and pull the best from like five different people. Um, but, and I do learn pretty quickly, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'll skip a lot of things, but
1: you yeah, do learn it in a much different way than me, though. Yeah. I, I have noticed that. You, uh, um, I, I don't know if this is different, but just what I've observed from you and the way that you mm. learn is that repetition is something that you really need yeah. and um, doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm showing you something on the computer or with your camera, you really need to like, do it on your computer yourself, and click the, click all the windows, and sh- you know walk through the steps, and just have me guide you. Yeah. Same with the camera. You need to actually be holding the camera and clicking the buttons and adjusting the settings. Yeah. You need help with that.
2: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> Taylor's struggling with her I mic. Just staring. We have out. these little, uh, microphone boom arms that just attach to our table
0: but our table and this table is
1: our... it's a patio <laughs> furniture table and so it's, it's a
0: teak that we put together one day and it's very
1: it's very creaky <laughs> and then these microphone arms are also like fifteen dollars <laughs> on amazon yeah so they're also very no creaky. one would
0: ever know until we told them but but
1: it's nice to have these because we don't have to hold the microphones oh, and God. have all of like the hand fiddling um sounds
0: we're thinking about Oh, man. I actually I, listen
1: to ASMR every single night.
0: Yeah, he's super obsessed. With it. I had no idea it existed until he showed it to me, but it's very fascinating. It definitely, with the good ones, I fell asleep because um, I tried it a few times, but I don't need it to fall asleep.
1: Shout out to my favorite ASMR creators on YouTube, ASMR Zeitgeist and <laughs> Luna Bloom ASMR.
0: Hey. They're
1: my favorite. Sup? <laughs> they put me to sleep every night i like them for different reasons the the zeitgeist dude he's just so creative
0: yeah his stuff is very different he'll have
1: like a head that (laughs) is the microphone and the microphone is in the ears of the head yeah and then he like i do not even know how to explain it
0: what does he do he'll like take balls of glass or marbles and like shake them or like
1: he does everything and they're themed so he'll have like a
0: Uh, a rain stick theme or like a
1: (laughs) no it's like blue theme or black theme and then everything that he's doing is something of that color
0: which is weird because if you're not watching the screen and listening to it to fall asleep you would never
1: right but who cares uh, there's a lot there's an element of asmr that's actually um very visual oh but i i typically just use it to fall asleep and so i'm more of the auditory but he'll do just these sounds like um He'll get like a sponge and just like rub it on the microphone on the head of the ears (laughs) of this head and it just sounds like so weird like it's just a weird thing that you wouldn't know you like until you listen to it.
0: I think the first time I heard of ASMR I didn't know what it was called but this girl was eating candy with a microphone.
1: There's a lot of weird ASMR stuff.
0: It's weird like don't go too far down the rabbit hole because you will end up on a porn site or something i swear
1: it can be borderline sexual when i discovered it it was actually on tiktok
0: or maybe do it i don't know if that's your thing but
1: it was on tiktok where i first discovered it and i was just scrolling 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 endlessly and i came across luna bloom
2: yeah
1: and I was like, "What the hell is this? Super weird." I can't remember what she was doing.
0: She's probably pretty and sweet, and you like the sound of her voice. I uh,
1: she was wearing like a wig and had tons of makeup on, so I wasn't um, immediately like attracted to her. That wasn't the oh. that wasn't the reason why I watched the video. Uh-huh. It was um, the reason why I like her is because hers is a bit more fast and chaotic, oh. and so if you have ADHD, your your mind is typically. Moving pretty quickly Mm. and you have anxiety Mm. and so her mannerisms and her style of ASMR is very fast Fast. and chaotic and so it almost competes with the pace of your brain and uh, Drowns out your anxiety because her style competes with the pace that your mind is typically going at and so I will choose to watch her if I'm feeling more anxious because it calms me down but she's a little bit more difficult to fall asleep to because you know it's just so rapid rapid fire fast chaotic and whatever um but i i was like why do i like this like i discovered her and i was like what what is it about this video that's so strange because it is really strange to watch if you don't know if you just have no context going in which i didn't So I googled it. I was like why what is the appeal to ASMR like why do human brains enjoy this and it's kind of just like a massage for your brain in a way and even science doesn't doesn't have like a reason or or a way to explain why you like it. Um, So then I was reading through some of the comments because her ASMR in this one video I watched she would she would just say okay look at the light and then follow the light. She would just like move the light around the screen and just tell you exactly what to do, where to look, where not to look. And uh, so the the, uh, direction was calming because uh, having somebody just tell you exactly what to do and you not have to think about anything and just being told what to do, it's almost like a, um, it's kind of comforting. And so.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah, like, I felt but a comfort, like,
1: like a nurturing like comforting in a nurturing way
0: mm. i felt like just the fact that people were whispering was enough to be relaxing as long as the sounds yeah. weren't too abrasive because some of them are not great mm-hmm. but yeah
1: yeah there's as more sidebar Is yeah <laughs> How long did we spend talking about ASMR just uh,
0: then? I don't know. You were talking about my learning style and how it's different from yours. Um, oh, yeah. Thanks. Before that. For bringing but me back on track. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more we want to say about that. But, yeah, I I learn really well under pressure. I learn really well hands-on. I'm very kinesthetic um, and visual learner. So, like, I truly learn something when I can make a mistake and know how to fix it. Like on mm. Lightroom or... You know, if I can't find a file and then I find it and then I know how to find it, if that ever happens, like you know, that's kind of it's like the foolproof way that I learn. And unfortunately, it's not fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to like, like pre, pre, um, pre (laughs) pre-learn, or like learn ahead of time before I like make a mistake that I can learn about the mistake before before you make it yeah especially in a client session because like I feel like a lot of even you and I like talking yesterday about making contracts like I've been sending out contracts for a year but I'm still changing them like I learned yesterday like something I have to add into my client contract that I didn't think that I had to before like if I shoot a wedding like are you going to feed me and like if not then I get this amount of time for a break to eat my own food Yeah. And because I had a client who was like, no, we're not going to feed you. And I was like, kind of shocked because I've never had that be a problem. (laughs) And I'm going to be there for five hours. And I'm like, you know, I.
1: Before you uh, go too far away from this one thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about the learning style that Mm -hmm. you do, where you um, prepare uh, Mm -hmm. before you make the mistakes. Yeah. I was just thinking about that's something where we're different is you're really good at asking for help and asking for like hiring mentors so that you can Mm -hmm. prevent making mistakes Mm -hmm. and i typically don't i just make the mistake and that's how i learn but i honestly think that in my opinion your style of learning in that way is better Mm. because i would rather prepare than repair
0: Ooh, good line. Well, I mean, let's be real. I hired two different mentors to tell me the same thing before I went full time because I was terrified. I was very scared. I'd never done anything like this before. And you just don't really know. It's not like you make a product and then people buy it and then at a certain point of them, you know, in production, you're like, okay, I'm leaving my job because I can't keep up with production. It's like you can't produce until you go full time. And I'm go. I'm part-time, but if I quit my part-time job, then I'm out of my part-time job. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like I had to just do it and take the leap and then just see what happens and be prepared to pivot. And I haven't had a mentor session since then. Mm -hmm. So let's be, let's be real. Um, And everything else I've learned through mistake or from you, because I ask you a lot of questions. You've Mm -hmm. taught me what you know, and I learn really easily by just like watching you. Like I learn how to be with people in session sometimes just from watching you and being a second shooter for you or like, you know, validate, you validate sometimes certain like things that I want to do in my systems and my processes because you're like yeah that's normal in the industry or like this is the industry standard or blah 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 we're like i haven't had to like do any research mm-hmm. so you've helped me a lot in that
1: well i'm happy to help i have started to uh just say to you like just google it you're an adult you can figure it out yourself not because i'm annoyed although sometimes i am just the busy. only
0: time you ever said that was when you're annoyed and you didn't say it like that i know you're like just look it up
1: Yeah, but I also just (laughs) sometimes I do that because I don't want you to just do everything the way that I've learned it or just to, because what if you do research and you learn that the industry standards is actually different for this specific thing you're doing?
0: Right. And most of the time when I ask you for help, it's like I did something in Lightroom accidentally. Like I picked a key and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like this isn't. Yeah, I pressed a key and I, it did something in my Lightroom and I don't know what happened. Oh. And I'm like, holy shit, I can't edit the rest of the session until I figure this out. And I've like <laughs> already gone through the basics of like shutting Lightroom down, restarting my computer and like all the really basic shit. Uh-huh. And it's not working and I've up, everything's up to date. Settings are good. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think that those are the times when I'm like, hey, I could really use your help right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I have been looking up a lot of things on my own. And I do understand that method is very helpful for you to like really truly learn it.
1: I wonder where that comes from. I wonder if it's just because I have ADHD or. Uh,
0: I can tell you where I've had it in my life. My what? stepfather, I'd be like, how do you spell this word? He'd be like, go look it up every time. Yeah. He would that, never I had a tell a teacher me. like that who would, yeah. I would
1: say, hey, how do you spell Look it up in the dictionary yourself. You can figure it out.
0: Yeah, which is actually, I feel like, really helpful because at my last job, I was a part-time admin assist for a medical physician who dealt with, like, all kinds of stuff. And there was a lot of the back end of, like, the electronic software for the office or whatever. And sometimes I'm doing stuff that I... I'm being asked to do things I've never done before. Like how to... Do a PA for this one specific issue for this one client with this one insurance. What's a PA? A prior authorization for a specific procedure to make sure that their insurance covers the thing before it happens. It's like Mm. it's one of the most awful things of paperwork that you ever have to fill out. And it's different because you have to send them to like a specific department in a specific hospital. Okay,
1: so back to your point though. Before you <laughs> give He's us a whole, interest. well, I just don't need a whole lesson on PAS.
0: Well, I'm just explaining like how awful they are, yeah, you know, and like how complicated they are. That like I'm just kind of like calling around and being like, "Hey, I'm supposed to file this thing. Can you tell me how to do it?" Yeah, and like it's the ability to find the way to it's empowering help ourselves to be able to do that. It's very empowering. I and feel like
1: you also do that though because you're very extroverted, and I. Typically, will just look at myself or ask less questions mm. in person because I'm more introverted. And I just don't want to hear. Um, I just want to learn something as quickly and concise as possible in a way that it will just be able to stick in my head.
0: See for me, asking someone is the quick and concise method that I don't have to waste time looking it up. That they can just show me sometimes, it's so and it's very I
1: think the exact opposite. Very
0: easy for them to just be like, I don't know, and then for me to be like, moving on next to the next person or like, whatever you know. And um, I think it depends on the situation. Like for me in the office, it's like I was the only one working in there for a while because uh-huh. my manager was pregnant and working from home and it was COVID. So it was just like a very different situation. I can't like call her every five. So how did you figure out
1: how to do PAs then on your own?
0: Well, I mean, she showed me originally how to do it, but then like there would be just a a plot twist of something that was like way like next level, you know? And so I would just have to actually call the place that I was trying to send it and ask them what their paperwork was and how they needed it. Yeah. And just be honest like hey I am I am not an MA I am an admin and y'all gotta tell me what you need so
1: so why why do you feel like it's faster to ask somebody in person than it is to just look it up
0: because sometimes I don't even know where to look it up or how and like you know you put something in Google and if you don't have the right words then it pulls up like a million things or it'll pull up the wrong hospital or the wrong test or the wrong whatever.
1: Do you, so you're, uh, I'm not making assumptions by the way. I'm just asking, mm-hmm. just prefacing.
0: He's about <laughs> to say something mean.
1: <laughs> no, I just don't want it to come off as mean. Oh, spit it out. <laughs> if, do you feel like if you were more confident in your, um, like, okay, how do I? phrase it I think I are might, you just yes. not confident in your ability to look things up or are you do you not trust that the information you're finding on the internet is accurate
0: mm, sometimes but sometimes it's just like what if the person knows who's sitting near me and I can just like cut it all
1: yeah but it seems like in that kind of a situation where you have to like call the hospital or call the clinic and talk to somebody who you don't know as opposed to just like looking it up
0: I mean, it's a very unique situation. There's just not a lot sometimes available online on how to do things. And so.
1: So if if it was a photography situation Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, my God, like this, I hit this button on Lightroom and I don't know how to fix it. Uh, What makes you think it's faster to ask me?
0: Well, you're usually sitting in the room with me. (laughs) But what I've learned about you is sometimes with fast keys, like you've taught me how to use like the shortcut stuff. Mm -hmm. But like there's been a lot of situations where I've accidentally pressed me. I'm like, hey, babe, look at this cool new thing I learned on total accident. (laughs) And I've also learned, which I normally don't use them because like who needs that? You know, it'll like, oh, I don't know. It'll like search for someone's face. It's the most annoying thing when you press O in Lightroom. I hate it press awful. O. yeah don't do it oh, okay. <laughs> don't do it um but no I've learned I've also learned like that sometimes when I do that kind of stuff it just freaks me out that I feel like I lose all my work so what I actually do now is I save as I go if it's like a really amazing couple of images I'm like export that export it save it you know like if anything were to happen it's like done you know, if it's like a masterpiece and it's something you're really excited about. You
1: should just use Lightroom, uh, the cloud version. I know. Because it, automa- I it know, auto-saves I use to the, the
0: cloud. Because then I have to relearn how to use it and it doesn't have the same pros as the classic. Mm. So I'm enjoying it right now, but thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, if your process is working. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, we've talked about this a few times already. <laughs> so that's why I respond that way.
1: Yeah, it's just that a lot of the... Um, issues and questions that you come to me with you're like i can't This the 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 thing won't the struggle i'm like so the answer for your specific problem is to switch to well that's when i was
0: using an editor who yeah and that's you know we figured it out and we have our own system now but yeah yeah I just don't want to sacrifice my tools of what I can do in editing just so that I can like get my images to someone in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll figure it out.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Does having to learn something difficult ever uh, deter you from? Yep. Mm. (laughs) Like what?
0: hundred percent um like video right now because I you gave me my first video lesson and it feels really overwhelming because I'm still learning photography Mm -hmm. and I feel like I only have so much headspace for what I'm currently trying to do Mm -hmm. and it just feels overwhelming to where I'm like I gotta put that on the back burner for a minute because like most of what you showed me I'm like it's all general stuff that I could be like oh yeah okay yeah, I'm following. Okay, but like the actual aspect ratios or the PPP or the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the picture profiles?
0: Yes, the picture profiles. I'm what like... she's
1: talking about is Sony cameras, Sony mirrorless cameras. They have picture profiles and they're like, you know, it's just a uh, like a log profile or s cinetone or whatever. Yeah, who
0: the fuck knows what that is, you know? A lot it's of like,
1: people... A lot of people do.
0: Yeah. A lot of people that are videographers, (laughs) but people that aren't, that's like a whole language. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I feel like um, for me, I'm like, okay, well, is it that I just don't want to learn video in general because it's too overwhelming? Or is it that I need to be in a specific place in my photography business to feel like I have the space to learn video? Or am I not bored enough with photography? Here's a question for you. What?
1: Are you motivated to learn videography because Instagram is pushing Reels so hard
0: right now? Well, yeah, 100%. My work has seen such little engagement. So if we dive deeper into that,
1: that. are you motivated to learn video because you need to be more relevant?
0: Um, No, it's because I know I can make a lot more money doing video and I feel like it will make me a very dynamic, valuable, creative who can do both because I see you do it. And I'm like, I want to have that option because I see the kind of money that you bring in and the kind of creativity you get to have, which I can't in a photo. And that sounds very appealing to me. It's a different way to express emotion with sound, with movement, where like in photo, if you show movement, it's like a still, like still movement, you know, but like you can be like slow uh, be rolled down and it can be like really elegant and it's so simple
1: Some people might argue that photography is actually more difficult than videography, right because it's just one One two hundredth of a second in time yeah. that you have to capture and granted. Yeah, you can shoot at a high frame rate right 11 frames a second and you know have a higher likely chance of getting the shot, but with video you just are you know, you shoot and you can
0: Yeah, but you always rattle off like all your options to me around like which way to shoot vertical or horizontal and which mode are we shooting for? And then like there's so many aspects like music, there's sound, there's voiceover, there's B-roll, there's A-roll, there's blah, 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 you know? And like with photo, it's just like photo. (laughs) (laughs) It is just photo. And like I know it can be more, I totally understand the controversy, controversial like, you know perspective on which is more difficult but like for me to have so many moving parts is overwhelming and that's just how I work you know like I feel like a photo within itself is overwhelming but like I'm very detail oriented so like
1: yeah but I I feel like you're speaking from a perspective of you are good at photography you understand it and you don't understand videography yet well sure and so I wonder what you would say, if you were good at both, because I'm good at both, and I would honestly rather film a wedding <laughs> than take photos of it because it's easier for me to capture mm. more yeah and and produce a better product and feel more confident about the deliverables with video than it is for me with photos, mm. because lighting is more challenging for me with photos. Mm editing is a bit more challenging i get a lot more bored when i'm editing photos yeah and i can't add any music to mm-hmm. a photo mm-hmm. and yeah it's harder for me to pick like oh do i want this image or this image i i could just deliver both but i don't want to deliver both because i'm trying to you know over deliver. <laughs> yeah so then yeah. i have to trim it down and with video i can just add everything
0: yeah yeah. I mean, maybe my perspective will change, but as of now, that's kind of how I feel about it.
1: And I have more, I have more freedom and flexibility and options yeah, with video.
0: I mean, I do feel like I have to be very on when I do photos. Like I bring lint rollers to every session now. I, if you it's a,
1: are a massive perfectionist.
0: Yeah. And if they have like little strings, I now bring scissors. And if they have like, if I know it's going to be a big dress shoot, I'll, I've haven't gotten it yet, but dress tape, you know, there's like little things that you have. And like if we're shooting in a studio, I'm like assessing every little thing on the floor, every wrinkle in the bed. Like, yeah, there's props. I don't like, I don't like how they're facing this way. Like, what are the colors doing? It's like such a thing. And people have uh, really enjoyed that about me when they see me work now. That's something they really love about my style because they feel really taken care of. That I'm considering every single detail.
1: Yeah, it's nice from a client's perspective to have a photographer that's very meticulous.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm also super tired afterwards because of it. Mm. Um, Granted, I've learned some skills in Lightroom that can help me, like edit things out, like a light switch. Which I, oh, if I can help it, let's just cover it now. You know, that's kind of like where my mindset has gone. I'm like less in post, like let's just deal with it now. Yeah. Um because it makes my post-process faster and they get their images faster and it's more inspiring because if they aren't, then it takes me longer to do them. And then it's just like, well, I've been looking at the same images have you for ever,
1: weeks. Have you ever tried setting your white, because you typically shoot an auto white balance. Is that right?
0: Um, yeah, it depends on the situation. Sometimes I'll change it, but for most of the time I shoot on auto.
1: Have you ever tried doing a photo shoot? Um, like all the way through with having your white balance set to just like cloudy or something Mm -hmm. really Yeah, i've done that does it speed up your workflow or does it make it more difficult
0: Mm. i mean i mostly like i don't use presets a lot Mm -hmm. so like i do every photo from scratch it and if i can set the rest of the session like sync them I sometimes do, but the lighting and the situation changes so frequently that, like, I don't really do that very much. And maybe that's, like, wrong of me, but I found that my editing and my photos got more exciting when I stopped.
1: Using presets?
0: Yeah, because I learned so much more about how I want to shoot and, like, what it would take for me to accomplish a certain look. And I feel like a lot of my images are more realistic, but, like... You know, it's like, how do you accomplish that whimsical look on someone?
1: Can I do a quick sidebar? Sure. I'm talking to the audience. What you guys are listening to right now is typically, this is like 90% of mine and Taylor's life. <laughs> you're having a, you're peeking into a little glimpse of what mine and Taylor's daily conversations are like <laughs> 90% of the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, we're also repeating ourselves from like a year of catching up of not
1: we're not like, repeating we're recapping
0: whatever, but yeah, I
1: mean, is there anything else we should cover that you think that the audience would want to listen to?
0: Sure, yeah, we can switch subjects we're I mean we could talk bored. about this
1: forever. I'm not getting bored at all. Oh, I mean, okay. I love this okay, I'm just thinking I'm just trying to consider the listener and mm-hmm. one I'm just trying to wonder,
0: you're so sweet.
1: do they want to hear anything else? do they want us to touch on? Anymore? Yeah, well, why don't we
0: switch gears and not talk about business? So we could talk about our relationship. Okay. And like how it's been the last year. I mean, we were talking about ADHD, medication, mm-hmm. how it's been in business together. But overall, like we made it through COVID together and it was actually really fun. Like I loved being able to drop out of working from a physical space and like working from home and like. Hanging out with you and working with you at home. It was such a fun experience. And <laughs> now we're like, I need to get away from you. And I need space. And I need my own office. Um, it's not
1: all just because we want to get away from each other. Yeah. Although space is always nice and healthy and necessary. Yeah, right. um, it's just because our house is so cluttered with stuff. Like our, our apartment isn't that big. We only have one bedroom. And so both of our desks are down Here in the living room, I have I have a a bag obsession where I cannot stop buying bags for my camera gear, and they're just all piled in the corner. And then I've got this desk that has three monitors on it and a shelf with all of my miscellaneous cables and batteries. And then you keep buying like Chase lounges and these fancy chairs and shoving them in the shed and then underneath the TV, and then you have all these like backdrops and. Yeah, well, those Um, things. My tone is very loving, by the way.
0: Whatever. (laughs) I am cleaning up my closet. So in the last week, I brought a bunch of stuff and it's sitting because I'm trying to sell it. And it's by my desk, but I've sold everything else that he's talking about. he's being a big brat.
1: No, I'm not being a brat. You're I'm just saying <laughs> that I'm just trying to like express the frustration that exists between the two of us oh. and that would exist for anyone yeah. who is having to live in a place where they work. Yeah. Like, I mean, our house is square
0: feet or something like that.
1: A workspace should be like this because it, it shows that we're, you know, creative entrepreneurs and we're working. Yeah. We have lots of clients and work coming in and it's great. I love that you're that your space is it looks used and it looks messy and that's great. I have no problem with it.
0: Sorry, I called you a (laughs) brat.
1: It's okay. (laughs) I can be a brat sometimes.
0: Yes, I can do.
1: But if we just had office spaces away from our home, it would really help to, help with the boundary of like okay now i'm home i can really drop into being home yeah and then if i get an email from a client i'm at home and i'm not going to be tempted to jump up and just start working because my desk is you know eight feet away from me and it would open up a lot of real estate because as you said our house is like pretty small so we could actually maybe buy a dining room table (laughs) and uh it wouldn't feel so cluttered in here and It would be very helpful and useful. It's just finances and availability of studio space and what works for us because we're pretty picky.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've been looking for a studio space for like four or five months now.
1: The only thing that really bothers me about uh, your stuff is when you leave your computer on the couch. Right. All night. Yep. That's it. Everything else is fine. Yeah. I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're working it out. But I feel like we have done really well through all of the challenges of the last two years. I mean, we got together, and then it was like a few months later, COVID started.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so we have a question. Sure. When I just said that thing about like, the computer, mm-hmm. you you responded in a way of like, uh, like I know, Ammon. I know yeah. that because we. I-
0: have been hashing that out for like right
1: but that's not the reason why i said it the, reason, the reason why I said it. the reason i said it is to inform the audience of something oh. that were something that bothers me mm. it wasn't to like try and tell you something i thought you didn't know no or to rehash I think it you
0: want to rehash it in no front of
1: i'm answers. not trying to rehash it
0: <laughs> i'm like what the hell no like, i'm just I <laughs>
1: i'm recapping of the things that we've been working through in our relationship oh, God. I could tell the way that you responded it was like I know Ammon I know that that bothers you <laughs> don't bring it up I'm not trying to bring it up to rehash it okay. I'm just trying to All right. include the audience into an honest thing that, that we've talked about in the past
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah but we have been doing really good in our relationship <laughs> it's been a challenge Uh, But yeah, we're doing really good, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we right now, the current state is that we both are working a lot. And I think you're working more than me. Mm. And so I made a request recently to not talk about work and to connect where it was like quality time. And we made dinner together and stuff because I... You know, you have these very big jobs that are coming up that are kind of new and scary. And I think it's awesome. And I know you're going to do an amazing job. Mm -hmm. Um, But you've been hyper focusing on like how to prepare for that. And also you're trying to get a new car. And you made a request.
1: Didn't you make a request for me to stop talking about e-bikes and one wheels? Yes.
0: Well, I just (laughs) wanted a break. I wanted to talk about something else for one day. We're like, we weren't weighing out the options of like, which was better and what to spend your money on because I'm over here just like really trying to create space to have balance around my talking about work and like really prioritizing us connecting and connecting with myself because I'm getting to a point where I know I will be burnt out if I don't do that. And I feel just like easily swept up in like what you're saying and it gives me anxiety and it's not anything that has to do with me. And I like can't even hear about it sometimes because it's really overwhelming for me because you keep talking about it.
1: Why does repetitive conversation around a topic overwhelm you?
0: Mm, Because it feels like it just gets stagnant. That there's no movement.
1: And stagnation is overwhelming to you.
0: I don't want to be stagnant. It's yeah. not overwhelming. I just don't want to be there.
1: So, are when I keep talking about it, are you just do you get frustrated because you're like, just make a decision? Yes. Mm.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I understand your process of how you need to come to that, and I really want to honor that. Mm-hmm. But it's hard because sometimes I just want to know how Ammon's doing, and like connect with you in a different way where we have fun because we go through spaces of like not having fun because we're working so hard and then I don't know how to have fun anymore (laughs) and it takes so much energy to like connect back in with myself and like I feel super drained with like really basic things with my clients yeah and I have no creative energy for collaborations which is like I feel like my lifeblood for my creative energy because yeah, I do explore creativity with my clients, but like they have a vision that they're hiring me to fulfill. And I have a choice whether I say yes to them as my client or not. And not everyone can fulfill the creative ideas that I have in my head, nor are they interested in like using lash glue to put pressed flowers all over their face and pose for me in these really funky editorial, you know, weird poses. So it's like, (laughs) <laughs> pay me to do this for you i have this idea <laughs> one day that will happen but right now i am <laughs> doing that on the side <laughs> looking for friends that i know that have really nice jaws <laughs> jawlines like wow you have really nice jawline will you model for me <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um so yeah I so feel like- when
1: we talk about something over and over and you feel the stagnation And we're talking about work too much that interferes with your ability to be creative.
0: Well, it's just tiring over and over and over. And I feel like kind of just like, wow, maybe you should just pick. Maybe you need to like experience one of them first before you can like, because you can't always figure it out with your mind. Like, you have to go and have the experience. That's why I'm a very hands-on person where I learn better experientially. Mm -hmm. It really sinks in. Like, the body has so much more wisdom to me than the mind most of the time that, like, I go with my intuition more than my mind sometimes. And I don't know, most of the time it's pretty right on. Yeah. And sometimes I just don't know. So I do some research, you know? But, like... That's kind of where that comes from for me, where I'm like, just pick one. You can sell it. Just pick one. You can sell it. Like, try it. It might be fun. Try it. It's fun to figure out, like, what you like. And you can't figure that out unless you try, like, a bunch of different things.
1: Braden said to me the other day, because I was talking to him about one wheels and bikes and stuff, and he was like, life's too short to be indecisive. Just, Just do it. Yeah. Just pick it.
0: Well, I feel like for you, and I say this with a kind tone, is that you overthink things a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes that process in itself is a procrastination because you don't know what decision to make because there's anxiety of making the wrong choice. What does that
1: even mean, though, to overthink something?
0: Well, you think about it so much that you can't see you can't see anything else besides the anxiety around the thing anymore Mm. and for me i'm speaking from my experience that like sometimes you need to take space from something to really see it in a different perspective so that you can make a decision that's more well-rounded of like wow i can really see that thing from a distance Mm -hmm. and how is it going to play a role into the entirety of my life experience it's not just like cool that thing's awesome i'm going to buy it it's like well how much money do i have and like am i going to use a lot How fulfilling is that thing going to be for me compared to the other thing, you know, and then it's like, well What's the timing and have people gotten hurt using this thing? (laughs) And
1: I mean those are all things that i'm considering.
0: Yeah, I know because you've thought about them But at the same time It's also just like take a step back and be like, how does it feel? Like what do you feel more drawn to it's so simple.
1: So you would define overthinking as getting to the point where you can no longer feel into what you want but instead you're just in a space of anxiety around the things and just emotion rather than any kind of logic left
0: Mm, I don't know if I'd say that that feels like a very heady definition but I'm sure it has different ways of like manifesting for people but I feel like yeah, you're just in your head. You're not in your heart or your gut. Like, what does your heart want and what does your gut tell you? Like, put bring the three together, you know? Like, yeah, you thought about it. The mind is a tool. Like, tell me the logistics. Great, we got the logistics. But your heart really wants this thing, which is the whole point. We're here to experience life, right? I mean, that's my, that's my take on life. Take it or leave it. But, you know, and then it's like, well, but what does your gut tell you? Like your heart is like, I really want this thing. But then you're like, a lot of people get injured on it. And like, I don't really want that. So this one feels like the best between the two worlds. Yeah. You know, there's like a a way to kind of like narrow it down. And granted, we're all in our own process of how we get to that. And your process is not wrong compared to mine. It's just very different.
1: Something that I learned in therapy about myself recently. uh, And I know that you know this, Taylor. Okay. Hey, Um, Is that I don't value or respect my opinion. There you go. And I I like myself. I I even love myself. Mm -hmm. But I don't really respect myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's probably why I struggle with decision making. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes can have decision paralysis. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I know what I want. But I don't really know what I want because I've never really felt into my own desires until recently and so this journey of learning what my opinion is and then Trial and error of if my opinion could be trusted mm-hmm. and if my decisions can be good
2: yeah,
1: uh, it's it's a long journey and requires a lot of trial and error uh, yeah. because like we established before my learning style is very different and a lot of times the way that i learn is by making mistakes and your learning style is by asking people and doing what you can to prevent making mistakes and i feel like that's kind of how i am sometimes with decisions when it comes to decision making Mm -hmm. i'm a bit more of like i don't want to make a mistake so i'm going to do as much research as i can to make sure Mm -hmm. that this decision is the perfect one yeah um and maybe you're a little bit more like me in my learning style when it comes to decisions Mm -hmm. where you're just like let's just do it let's just pick one and if it's if it ends up being something that we don't like we'll we'll change it we can sell the thing we can make an adjustment yeah and i'm like yeah but maybe i'm gonna lose money on this or maybe i'm gonna get hurt on this or maybe Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah i mean i you've been through a lot with the church coming out of the Mormon church and there was a lot of decisions made for you in that. And also like, um, there's just things that have happened in your life too, that like I recognize in myself too can be trauma responses to like what has happened in the past. So like if your parents were very overprotective, i.e. my situation, I had so many rules like all the time that like I wasn't ever allowed to explore how to make those decisions on my own without having massive um, anxiety around buying something like buyer's remorse hard and then being afraid that that was my one chance to like have anything new and if it didn't fit or I didn't, you know, like I would be screwed because that would waste money. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing that I learned from my therapist that your, your circle to stand in is this big and if you step outside of it, then you're going to have anxiety because you might get, be in trouble. And it doesn't really teach you how to make the decision by yourself. Like, why would you not want to do that? Why is the rule in place? Like, please describe it to me in a way that makes me want to follow the rule.
1: My question for you then is, how did you get so good at decision making? And before you answer that, take a second to think about it because I have to go pee. <laughs> okay. <God. laughs> Think about it. Okay. And in the meantime, keep the troops entertained. Maybe sing a few songs. No,
0: that's not going to happen. You um, can talk
1: to them about your salad that you're eating or... <laughs> just go <pee>. Okay.
0: <laughs> I got this. Okay. Um, yeah, decision making. I mean, for me, I think I've just had to make decisions on my own and uh because I left the house when my mom kicked me out when I was 15 so I moved in with my dad who I hadn't spoken to in five years who didn't have any rules really and then he kicked me out when I was 18 or 17 and so yeah just kind of been like figuring it out on my own making decisions from a young age of like just trying to survive and hang in there and not having a lot of money um I think I lived in someone's walk-in closet for like a few months, <laughs> no windows in there. That was weird. Thought about living in my car. Um, lived at my aunt's house for a few months, you know, just like bopped around, um, lived in the jungle, did all kinds of stuff. And learning to trust yourself, I think is a hard one for me. Man, this is weird not having Am in here, but, um, yeah, learning to trust yourself in making decisions. So. I would get mad at myself often if I made the wrong choice. Learning that that is the thing that happens and kind of working with that energy. You know, you just don't know what you don't know until you know it. And hopefully you don't make any decisions that aren't. Um, and you can't come back from, you know. Uh, I see a therapist every three weeks and I've been seeing her for years now because I really need that support because I don't have parents that I can talk to about stuff. Nor do I have any elders um, like a grandma who I would take advice from or anybody in my family for that matter. So um,
1: And this episode is brought to you by Better Help. Have you ever struggled with <laughs> depression or suicidal thoughts? You can get help.
0: And he's back. from better help. <laughs> he's gonna make everybody laugh. Um, I just wanted to
1: take a second to thank our sponsor.
0: (laughs) So what I was telling people is that you just, my upbringing has made it so I've had to make a lot of decisions from a young age, Mm -hmm. that it was just survival and you just learn, you just make choices. Sometimes you get mad at yourself for making those choices, but you have to learn how to make your peace with that as well. Like when I joined the cult in my twenties, I was super, super mad at myself for being had or whatever for being taken advantage of in the like i'm gonna you know give you all of my money and life essence is like i'm working so hard i'm paying you rent i'm paying for stuff i'm doing everything you ask and i'm giving away years of my time for something that i kind of like regret you know because like what the hell was that you know yeah that was a lot to like be like wow Okay, I learned a lot about myself in a hard way like I will never do that again.
1: Yeah, taylor joined a cult in her 20s <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, we're not going to talk about that anymore, but <laughs> It was not a great experience and I probably still have some healing to do like i've met other people who have left and come to me and been like, whoa, I just left or Oh my god, I totally get it now because I talked to them and I was like, hey, this is what's going on I'm Isn't leaving it crazy
1: how like humans can get on board with the craziest shit
0: yeah anybody can hallucinate anything they want and it's just like all a belief and
1: the level of rationalization and justification that we do as human beings in our minds in order to fulfill a need to fit into you know whatever it is To make sense of the world or to justify an action that we want to do is is insane.
0: Yeah, I it's kind of depressing. I don't really want to talk about (laughs) Okay (laughs) But yeah, it's really fucked up and it's very depressing and it's wild and it's like how could it be for like a good thing? like You know, i'm sure there's been so many aspects that it's it's worked out for the better and there's been like positive things that have come from like your ability to think outside of the box your imagination the art that we have in the world the ways that we help one another the inventions that help people you know have a better quality of life like there's so many things so I'm gonna leave it at that but yeah and you know I think we're built differently with our decision making if I like come back to that you and I yeah like people in general um and I think I have done a lot of work around consciously listening to my intuition because Mm. i really value that so like if you break down the do you love yourself do you like yourself do you respect yourself i very much respect myself for what i have gone through do i like myself i i think i like myself most of the time i mean sometimes i don't
1: do you love yourself
0: but do i love myself that is the biggest question and i struggle with that a lot wow yeah yeah, I mean it kind of makes sense with my upbringing too with all that I've been through like Having parents where you have like really deep abandonment or and or betrayal happen with both of them It's like so deep. Yeah, so like the core of my you know core relationships growing up having to like deal with The things that are playing out still from that as an adult and realizing that like everything is around self-love for me I mean look at what I do for work. Yeah Yeah I'm here hyping people up around their, their journey around their self love for their boudoir sessions. And, like, you know, people who are nervous, who have never shot a professional, like, photo shoot before, I'm like, I got you. Like, you're amazing. We're going to help you.
1: I, I hear you hyping up women, celebrating women and men in your mm-hmm. job, taking pictures of them, celebrating their body, encouraging them to be nice to their bodies. I. Uh, to be honest don't see you doing that to yourself as much as mm-hmm. you probably deserve as mm. as you undoubtedly deserve
0: mm-hmm.
1: um why why is that
0: <laughs> <laughs> as i'm bleeding and recovering from this si thing um well i mean it's you're the one that actually hears about all of my internal process. No one else really does. Yeah. So it's probably pretty intense for you. I, mean, I think it's that what so I so
1: common, Taylor, you're not alone. I don't right. I don't mean to like put you on the spot and be like you're the only person that struggles with this. Like no, it's I, so No, I know common.
0: I'm not the only one. That's why like I connect really well with other people who mm-hmm. do. And they say like if you if you feel like your thing in this path is to learn joy, like you're going to you're going to learn how it is to struggle with depression. Like You know, it's like if you, my gift as a kid has been encouragement, I felt like. So I've been told, like, it's just kind of like my natural, like, thing to, like, encourage people Mm -hmm. and to learn how to do that for myself. Like, that's the journey Uh, to pull it inward to, like, encourage myself, where, like, listening to myself around, like, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm going to cry.
1: It's okay.
0: Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really challenging. You know, like I feel, I feel like a lot of my like survival has been based around how capable I am as like a person to like meet my own needs. And there's definitely been like hyper independence there and it's been, like, birthed from, like, a reason, you know? It's not like I enjoyed being, like, very alone. That's okay. Have a Kleenex by me. Um, and I didn't even realize it because I feel like before you came into my life, like, I was like, okay, this is it. And, like, maybe someone will come along where I feel, like, safe and supported. But, like, right now, like, I'm just trying to, like, have some joy
1: it sounds like you um are really good at hyping people up and you do it a lot and you encourage others because it's what you have always wanted from someone else for yourself because you never have really had that yeah you need yourself a cheerleader
0: well i feel like yeah you really hit home (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Not sorry. Um, <laughs> I feel like shout out to Rachel Lee in Florida, and Derek, and Phoenix, and Griffin, and Luna, um, and oh my God, what's his name? The other dog, <laughs> Lobo. Sorry. <laughs> that family, um, my besties, uh, and my new friend Summer friends Summer and Cody and Rachel Beth and Derek Kamaker I'm just gonna say who they are um there's been like some people who have I've gotten closer to in the last like couple years that have really been there for me and granted there's there's so many other like friends that I have too that have been there for me um but like it it means so much to me like It's so insane like how that feels And it's really hard to receive
1: What is the type of encouragement that these people that you just all shouted out? What's the specific type of encouragement that they give you that means so much? Like what does it look like? (sighs) Is Is there an element to it that is different than other types of encouragement you get?
0: Well, I think these people are just more they're closer to me in my life that they know when I'm confronted with something that I feel really scared to do, that I feel really like stressed out about. I have anxiety, like I feel incapable, like I'm, I doubt myself in my skills. And then they come at me with like, do you know like what you do? Mm-hmm. Do you know how good you are? Do you know what I see? And it's really, really helpful for me. Like, I need that. And you actually have done that for me from the beginning because I think I wouldn't be where I am in my photography career, not just because of the things that I've learned from you, but it's actually with the emotional side because being a creative is really fucking hard. Like, the emotional side of, like, all that you go through is, like, insane, Nobody could have prepared me for that. I was just like, ooh, this looks like fun and I love this lifestyle. Like I'd really love to have more empowerment over making my own schedule and like creating with people and having actual fun. But there's so much that goes on behind the scenes of like, I am so afraid to let this person down. I am so afraid to try this new thing because what if it doesn't work? What if I let someone down? What if...
1: Being a creative is so difficult in that way because... It's subjective and in order to create something for somebody that where they're paying you to do it
0: or even collaborating can be stressful. You just have
1: to like, okay, my idea of what would look good here might be different than yours, but because you're paying me, your ideas trump mine just by the nature of, you know, money trading hands. (laughs) Yeah and uh, That part of being a creative is really hard.
0: Well, that's where like for me I always bring a creative idea to a session with someone because they hired me for what they see what I've done Obviously online. Yeah, and that's the best stuff And sometimes it's actually a lot of my collaborative sessions because it's like where I get to really truly express myself So they hire me for that
1: sometimes when no money is trading hands That's where you get to really...
0: Total space and
1: freedom. Yeah, you have the space and the freedom... You can get weird. To to (laughs) create something that you see as subjectively gorgeous and that is your creativity all by itself without any money trading hands and tainting the experience or the Mm -hmm. creative vision that you have.
0: Yeah.
1: The ultimate goal is to have that freedom all the time
0: that's it right there to get
1: paid to do that without the creative input from anybody else yeah although sometimes the creative input from other people can be oh yeah can create uh Can open your eyes to new subjective beauty and creativity. Well,
0: I think that is actually truly the most fulfilling part of it is when both people, it's like the perfect blend and balance of like creative minds coming together and creating the same vision together. And it's like so amazing. The
1: hard part of that though is in the beginning because yes, you're trying to chase that, but you're so strapped for cash that you just have to (laughs) kind of chase the money like okay this client i don't really feel like we blend well together and it's not really the type of creativity that i would like but they're paying me a lot of money so i'll just do it because it's like a stepping stone to have the the freedom and flexibility the you know the the financial freedom to say no to certain clients where Mm -hmm. I don't want to work with you, no hard feelings. It's just not the the industry that I find that I'm a good fit for.
0: Inspired by. Yes, thank you. I mean, I'm finally getting to a place where I'm like saying no to specific sessions, like newborn sessions. I'm like, I'm not a newborn photographer. There are so many other people that do it really well in this valley. I don't have all the swaddles and the cute things and it's just not my jam, but I will i had someone ask me if i would help her be a second shooter and assist and i was like sure but like i don't you know that's just not it right now maybe it will be one day but like not right now
1: but there's always gonna be no matter how rich you get there's always gonna be a client that comes at you with an offer financially that you're gonna take even though you could say no you you don't because it's it's you know just it's too much money you you get you know i don't know how to i
0: mean is that true we it's not know. true we don't know
1: i don't think that it's true I, i'm just okay. saying what i'm trying to say is that there's always going to be uh, somebody out there who offers you money for a job that you are tempted to take hmm. even if creatively you don't want to do it financially you're really tempted to take it yeah and uh, you know just it's like integrity which which do you value more
0: yeah yeah and sometimes you know i feel like it's totally fine to take jobs like that when yeah. and if you need because maybe there's a different aspect of like what you're going to learn how to do maybe it's a different type of client that you just want to like learn how it is to be with that type of client
1: you slide that closer to your mouth
0: oh sure um You know, maybe it's like in a cool place and you just want to shoot there. Yeah. You know, it's like whatever aspect is totally fine and you do what you got to do and you do what you want to do. And that's the beauty of this. But I, how did this get started?
1: Well, before we figured that out, I was just going to add that there is a tipping point where uh, like economically you can fund your life mm-hmm. you can pay all of your bills mm-hmm. but maybe you want to make a little bit more money because you want to buy a new subaru and
0: <laughs> I am in right now
1: yeah and uh, you know i don't have to take that job but i i want to because of a financial goal or a thing that i yeah. want to buy yeah um but once you strike that once you find that tipping point and it and it tips over where you have the financial freedom to just select the job simply out because of creativity mm-hmm. that's a good feeling
2: yeah it's and the best
1: i think that every human being whether you own your own business or you don't that's fine but mm-hmm. to do something that's creative that's like what human beings in my opinion find the most satisfaction yeah in is just to be able to be Creative in some way, even if it's something that you don't share with the world. Yeah, you don't have to do that You don't have to share it with anybody. Yeah. It can be just for you, but there's so much satisfaction in Creating
0: yeah, I mean someone very close to me told me I was not very creative at one point. So Look at me now and it's so subjective. It's so subjective so if anybody ever tells you that just ignore them and go on with your creating and see what happens and see where it takes you. As long as it's fulfilling for you, that is all that matters. And it doesn't...
1: Creativity can look... It it can look in... Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) It doesn't have to be like painting or photography. It can literally be I created a family. Yeah. Just I made a child. That's creative. And then you can get creative in the ways that you parent your child. If you have a kid that's really um challenging to raise because of x y and z what's a way that you can get through to them find a creative way to parent that child and it might be different than the way that you parent a different child or uh when other people see you parenting that kid they might say i wouldn't do that yeah but it's not your kid
0: yeah, it's also like therapy. There's so many creative techniques to like get into the heart and the meat of what you're trying to process and different modalities of healing, acupuncture, cranial, massage, like they all are creative ways to like yeah. heal and the list goes on. Like it could be anything.
1: How do you have such, from my perspective, you have a lot of confidence in your creativity. Mm. How do you have, how do you have that?
0: <laughs> what?
1: How did you develop so much confidence in your creativity?
0: I mean, what what else is there to do but like be like, this is my idea and I want to try it.
1: Well, aren't you ever affected or influenced by other people saying to you, I don't like that?
0: Yeah. When I did the lavender monochrome session, I'm sure there was people that were like talking some mad shit. (laughs) Or, you know, I had a client that was like, I'm not feeling it. And we didn't do, we did a boudoir session together separately, but the, she wasn't into the purple. And I was like, great. I am so happy that you told me what you wanted. And yeah. I will open that up for someone else. I just want people to do what they want. And there's always someone who's going to enjoy your creativity, I feel like.
1: What I just going to
0: I guess, like bank on that.
1: How would you describe the feeling of when you think of a creative idea like this uh this idea you mentioned earlier about the floral
0: pressed flowers thing
1: yeah using lash glue to yeah put leaves on people's faces uh-huh how would you describe the feeling of you think of this idea this really yeah. really creative idea and then you put it out there yeah for uh, somebody to buy into it and yeah. and participate and then they do and they love it. Mm-hmm. How would you describe that feeling of this this creative baby that you oh conceived god. and birthed and put out into, into the world and other people receive it and they celebrate it and they pay you for it? How what how would you describe that?
0: It's seriously unmatched like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Look at you. That is how she would describe it. <laughs> <laughs> no words. Just giggles. well. I've,
0: so I feel like growing up, I was a pretty face.
1: Still. You still are.
0: Right. But like that's all that I was. I was a pretty person. That was a lot of the compliments I got. And I know it's going to sound kind of arrogant, but like I felt like that that was all that people saw. Like that there wasn't like an intelligent person under there.
1: That doesn't sound arrogant.
0: Okay. Um, because that, I think over time I was just like, cool, thanks. That doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Like, you know, yeah, I care about that. We all do to a certain extent, but I care more about like how I feel and like what I see and like what I want, you know, sometimes you go through phases of like what you want to be seen and maybe it's like an underdeveloped thing in me that I didn't feel smart in school I mean most of the time I didn't test taking awful I have test taking anxiety big time but I always got really good grades usually A's because I did everything I was supposed to but like you know they call on me in class and I'm like terrified so you know but I am smart in there sometimes with some things so it was really cool I remember meeting you and being like I want to be known for my ability to be like smart and i'm not book smart like in the mathematical sense i hate math i think it's the worst i got a d in geometry or trig. yeah like screw that like no thank you
1: i but never like, even got to trig
0: oh it's so awful <laughs> so awful and um but like I wanted to be known at my skill to like create intellectually, create like this vision in my head and then be able to like create it in form was like so fascinating to me.
1: But it it sounds like you now anyway want to be known for your creative ideas and not for like your like being seen as smart. Yeah. Is that true?
0: Yeah, it's morphed from like wanting to be seen as like an actually a smart person who has like value to bring there
1: but i will say and i know we've talked about this oh no but there's a lot of times where i will say something or i'll be in the middle of of uh trying to make a point or or bringing something up that you um that you already know and Uh and you will like try to finish the sentence you'll try to fill in the words that i'm about to say because mm-hmm. uh, i mean i don't know why you do that but what i think is the reason is that you want to be that you need me to know that you already know that because well, you and be sometimes it's just smart. like
0: i am impatient
1: <laughs> oh
0: because i feel like i know where the conversation is going i know what you're going to say i've heard you say it before you're prefacing a lot and i'm kind of like oh, okay yeah Like, and I'm also, it's also a really big way of me saying, hey, I hear you. I'm, I'm tracking. Tracking. Like I'm following you. Mm. Like I'm following you to the point where like I'm connected and I can finish your sentence. And like, I understand that's annoying. And I'm like really trying to not do that as much or frame it in terms of a question. If Mm. that happens so that it's more engaging and not like me assuming what's happening for you. Or whoever. So the
1: prefacing that I do, it it, it makes you impatient?
0: Sometimes. Because mm. I already know what you're talking about.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I thought it was always just a way, like you, you wanted me to know that you already know that because you need me to.
0: No. Not always. But I
1: see you doing that at, in your friend groups too.
0: Mm hmm. Okay
1: where a friend will be saying something to a group of people Uh and you'll like jump in or chime in yeah, uh, because you, I'm assuming, want everybody to know that you already knew that thing because you need people to know that you're smart or Hmm. is any of that true?
0: I don't know. You'd have to give me an exact situation.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think
0: it's a lot of different things. I think I'm really letting go of that need to be like smart and seen like... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, been working on that. So.
1: Cool. Can I uh, shift gears a little bit? Sure. Ask you a question, Mm -hmm. a follow up question from the other day, Mm -hmm. which we haven't talked about yet in our like in private. (laughs) Remember, remember (laughs) the other day when I woke up, and I asked you, um, "Do I? Am I? Is my personality anything?" like any of your previous partners
0: you want to talk about this on the podcast
1: (laughs) yeah do you not want to we don't have to
0: okay we can go for it
1: so i asked you okay so to give context i was i woke up and i regretfully got on my phone and was just like scrolling through instagram and i saw this person that followed me and I was scrolling through her feed and I saw her partner, her husband, boyfriend, whatever they are. And he was really handsome, had a beard and nice smile. And I was and my first thought was, oh, this looks like a person that I associate with looking similar to your a few of your exes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Taylor probably would think this person's handsome, but he doesn't look like me at all. And I know that you love me, and I have no insecurities or doubts about that. Uh, I know you're. I know you're attracted to me. But my, I, I was like, why is Taylor so attracted to me? Why is she so in love with me? And so I asked you, like, what am I, am I similar to any of your ex boyfriends? And you said no, as far as personality and appearance. Mm-hmm. And then what was the question that I asked you after that? what
0: what was different why
1: yeah so i mean do you want to answer that
0: (laughs) sure yeah um you like i don't i don't think that a person with a beard really is enough to say that that's how all of my exes look like yeah a lot of them had a beard but they all were very different to me Mm mm-hmm And I don't just like have a type. I've never had a type. I've dated so many different looking people because it's more about the connection that we share. And I think after a certain amount of time of dating the wrong people who are emotionally unavailable, you choose someone who is going to be different than your like consistent pattern of how you pick. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling you a few weeks in or month or something where I was like, hey, I checked in with you and I was like, I only want to be with someone who is emotionally available and ready to be committed. Otherwise, I do not want to be in this. And I was like, I'm fine with whatever you decide, but I want to know now because I don't want to get emotionally tied to you if this is not going to be a healthy thing for me. And you decided to do it. Granted, you were just getting out of a divorce and you were like kind of seeing this other person. It was like getting kind of messy. And so that was kind of where that conversation came from. And I was just like, I am done picking un un emotionally unavailable people, which meant that I was also doing work on my, me being emotionally unavailable. I was ready to like be available Mm. for that. And like, I was like, that's what I want. And I'm ready to make some boundaries because I, that's just, I had said no to the man before you. For that reason and there was some other practicalities but I was like no this is not tempting but no we're not gonna go there and um uh yeah you are a l- very emotional in a way that like you express that more than most men that I've been with and you communicate a lot more and that was very appealing to me
1: arguably maybe too much <laughs>
0: Yes. I mean, you're an anxious attachment and I'm avoidant. So like kind of figuring out how to mesh those things together. It doesn't mean it's worse than mine. I would say a lot of people would say the anxious is much more enjoyable because you know what's going on. The avoidance are just kind of like, nah, you know, and it's a lot harder to pull it out. And it's difficult because we are even like, it's elusive to ourselves. So, you know, whatever. But it just is what it is and I don't think you need to beat yourself up about it. I think that we, after the honeymoon phase is worn off and like we've had some time to spend together and like really see each other for who we are outside of the hormones Mm -hmm. and whatever, you know, learning about, I think there's like multiple phases in relationship and there's like the power dynamic and the blah, blah, blahs. And I'm not a therapist, but you know, I feel like we are figuring out like, okay, these are your tendencies and your habits and your patterns and like making boundaries with each other and it's totally fine and normal. So yeah, I think it's good, but you're funny and, um, you have a different way of like seeing the world and communicating that and you're super creative and
1: how does the way that I see the world make you feel? overall.
0: Like what?
1: Well, you just said that you like the way that I see the world.
0: Yeah, it's just different. I don't want to be with someone who's just like me.
1: Right. So, the way that I see the world. Yeah. Uh how does that make you feel?
0: Like, oh, that's interesting or that's cool. I don't know. Mm. It's like kind of inspiring sometimes and it's just interesting and Sometimes you have a unique way of seeing the world and it's refreshing. Sometimes I'm kind of like, you're floating out in space. I can't follow this and I don't really want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested. Yeah. And that's fine. And you find someone else to talk to about, you know, Um, and, you know, that's I'm I know there's things that you don't like hearing about for me. So. (laughs) I just, like, don't think, I just also don't think that much, I feel like, in in general. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. You don't
1: think as much as I do in general?
0: Yeah. Like, I feel oh. like you have a lot more, like, thoughts throughout <laughs> the day. <laughs> and it's fine.
1: Yeah. You know? But How like, many thoughts? Like, maybe ten times more thoughts or, or I something? I don't
0: know, honey. See, that's a thought in itself. <laughs> yeah. I'm just teasing. Um, yeah, I hope that is like all good stuff. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's good stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, the way you make dinner is like really different than a lot of other people. I feel like it's like, okay, we're going to like dive into this recipe.
1: You have told me that makes, that reminds me of something. You've told me in the past that I am a bit more feminine.
0: Um, You have your moments.
1: And that you... You maybe want me to step more into the masculine?
0: I've definitely asked you that or just said that.
1: What does that look like?
0: I don't fully know.
1: <laughs> hmm.
0: It's like a feeling that's kind of hard to like put into. To is, that, is it that
1: you need to feel more protected or more nurtured or more supported? Mm. I
0: don't know. Maybe that you're, like, more solid in yourself or something.
1: It's a confidence thing. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I know you're working on it. Like, I I feel like we have to preface around this subject because it sounds so, like, not nice.
1: No, it's like yeah, yeah. Um. Provide context if you want.
0: But, like, yeah, we <clears throat> went to Mill Creek Falls to reenact our first date. Mm-hmm. And we it was kind of a weird day
2: <laughs> yeah
0: um but I was like, okay I'm gonna tell you what's been on my mind to try and like connect mm-hmm. and to work it out and like that had been something that was on my mind because I hadn't been feeling very connected to you and trying to figure out why and just feeling like more of like, I just feel like I've been in my masculine a lot more and I know that there is a thing called polarity within relationships and sometimes you can lose that polarity and there's a lot of side effects of that and I felt like we were like not connecting very much and like just like missing each other not like jiving and so I was like maybe our polarity is off maybe you know, diving kind of more into that conversation around what I felt like I would want because I was focusing on what, like what I was trying to do is focus on myself instead of asking you to change or like that I needed something from you. Mm. I was like, I want to be in my feminine more. How can I do that? Mm -hmm. So I put on dangly earrings and I like danced a little bit and I created more space to just be... And I'm, I'm continuing to try and work on that. I put more care into my appearance. I don't know if that would necessarily be a feminine thing. I It's hard because I... You're
1: just kind of like trying things that yeah. maybe by the traditional definition are feminine. Yeah. Just to see if it works, to try and find.
0: Yeah. And like just still still trying to find that. Like nurturing my cats, it feels very feminine
1: to me taking on my, like a motherly yeah these trait. are my
0: babies and i'm like checking in with them and brushing them and giving them treats and spending time with them and mm-hmm. you know giving them what they need and um and in turn i feel like i do that with you um but when you're going through what you're going through with your Adderall and like you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down like i feel like me having to be relied on as like a solid person for the both of us. Cause like, it's really hard if both of us are not okay. Like it's really, right. really bad. And it's not your fault necessarily. It's just like you're learning how to be in this very complex situation.
1: Would you describe, um, somebody who has a pretty wide emotional uh, like very emotionally expressive as feminine? Mm,
0: no, because I feel like both men and women are. I just think it's just the stereotypical societal thing. That it's just men so hard.
1: Themselves. It's just so hard to know what to do when you say to me that you want to feel me be more in my masculine mm-hmm. when. Like you don't even know what that means,
0: right? Yeah, and this would probably be a great question for our couples counselor who we haven't seen in a year.
1: <laughs> it's been not quite a year,
0: or just a while, you know. Like I,
1: well, if I, I can, don't have
0: the answers. That's what why I have I'm been, like a little surprised you're talking about a year, but
1: <laughs> oh, well, it's it's it is difficult to try and explore it in conversation when yeah. we don't really know exactly what yeah. it even is, mm-hmm. and it's probably hard to do on a podcast yeah but it's yeah it's challenging but it's probably good for you to think on the spot on the fly
0: yeah I mean the whole I feel like neither of us have done like a lot of research on it like you I don't know if you have but you haven't spoken to me about it because you've been preoccupied with other things like work that like it hasn't been on a high enough priority that like we have been needing to like have a session with their therapist because we're dealing with other issues. Like we've been dealing with, you know, more Adderall stuff yeah, and ADHD stuff. And I've been trying to educate myself on ADHD stuff. And so it's like, you know, with all the things that we have to do in the day, like I really have to pick and choose what I'm focusing my energy and spending time on researching.
1: Well, since we recreated our first date and you you told that to me, yeah. how long ago was that?
0: Is that like yeah. sometime in may a couple weeks ago
1: how have you felt since then have you felt me more in my masculine then
0: yeah because you have been more solid i think
1: so that's good to hear that that's good feedback because yeah. i have been thinking about it a lot mm-hmm. and i haven't been doing a lot of research like my my typical Way traditionally, I haven't been doing like research or googling like how to be more masculine. I haven't googled that. Mm. Um, I have googled how to be more attractive to your partner, <laughs> which Google that's different sucks. than masculine. It's, it's like that's I, typed, not what I, I mean, typed that in. By the way, I, I know Let's I I clear. understand that, I but that you. was something that I was feeling, and I wanted to just be more attractive to you. I wanted to, you. I wanted to feel like more wanted or more craved by you. Mm-hmm. And the Google search that I did was terrible. It was just like, wear red. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh but, uh, you're so sweet. So, but what I've been doing, and this is just because it was an idea that I had, it was mm-hmm. just an idea. I was like, I'm going to just try this mm-hmm. to try to be more masculine because it's what I think is more masculine. Mm-hmm. What I've been doing is, um, like thinking about you less
2: <laughs> Oh,
1: in a weird way. Not, I mean, I still think about you. I consider like how to be sweet. Um, you know, like I bought you that card for your uh, one year anniversary of your owning your own business. And I took you on a date. You know, I, I initiated a date. Um, but I've just been... Like trying to focus less on you and what's what's happening for you and what I think Good. you need and what I think you're I can just I, I've been trying to ask you less questions and be around you a little bit less, if that makes sense. And so mm-hmm. what I've been doing is I I wake up in the morning and I just get up when I when my body wakes up and I just go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I just get out and I start doing my thing. I, I focus I've been turning the attention a bit more inward mm-hmm. into what are the things that I want to accomplish today. What are the things that I need to get done? What is my emotional? What, what, what do I feel emotionally today? Um, and just going and doing those things, being more proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's good feedback to know that even feeling me more in my masculine. So maybe maybe what you said versus what you actually meant are different because you just didn't know how to phrase what it was you really wanted. By saying I mean saying, it's
0: very attractive when you have something come up and you can like also just handle it sometimes on mm-hmm. your own. And like it's not to say that you don't handle things on your own, but it's like um we've just had so much coming up with this Adderall journey that has been like really intense. Yeah. And like to have consistency that like things are okay for like a longer period than like a week and a half or 2 weeks is like really like nice. I like kind of need that. Yeah. To like be able to refill the cup that like gets me back to where I feel like we had been before we started that journey together and to be able to like actually truly have fun and connect from that place again, mm-hmm. because I'm kind of like on a little bit of alert that like, cause it's pretty cyclical that like something will come up. Yeah. And I just am like, okay,
1: cyclical and predictable
0: yes and I have worked really hard with my therapist to be like okay how do I deal with this situation because it's new and different but it's also predictable but it's like something different happening in like a similar timing Mm -hmm. and I'm like what is my responsibility here how can I be a supportive partner but take care of myself because I'm tired of the processing or I am overwhelmed by all this emotion and I have so much responsibility with my job to do. How can I work through this and get this job done? And, you know, I don't have time to like take two days off and like go away to an Airbnb and be by myself. Like I have meetings and appointments and galleries I need to deliver and clients I need to shoot with. So it's like, and it's very debilitating for me sometimes when there is constant processing to be able to be on it. Like things started slipping through the cracks. Like I forgot about a client
1: session yeah. and
0: that was the peak where I was like, I am not okay. This is not okay. I need to talk
1: yeah. about this. Sometimes in the, in the past or still sometimes I take that, um, Like when you respond to me that way, I take that response as our relationship is less important to you than your work. Like when processing and talking about a relationship and trying to work on it Hmm. stresses you out to the point where you like, uh, you know, you're forgetting clients and then you get really angry that you're forgetting about work things. I, I feel like, and then you just ask, like, I don't want to process, I don't want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, like sometimes what goes through my head is, does she just not care about our relationship as much as she does her work? Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, we're at this point, like I'm bringing this up because you're, you've been just so, um, preoccupied with work and with clients and thinking about jobs and every time we hang out it's just talking about work and so i try to like bring up our relationship i try to just talk about our relationship to insert that into your life so that i don't know
0: well granted this was a while ago yeah and it wasn't just i'm talking about our relationship it would be like Something happened with medication and you were feeling a certain way and you had emotions arising that you would want to talk about something because you were feeling irritable or something, you know? And I always met you there most of the time, but to the point of my own mental health was not okay. You know, like I tried and tried and tried, but everything that I was pivoting to try wasn't working for you and I couldn't pivot anymore. So there comes a point where you make a boundary and you say let's not process about this right now And it's not about my work. I have a much better balance with things right now And that's not the case
1: Yeah, I think that part of it was just you know, it's your it was your first year of having a business. You're obviously going to be very busy and Finances are going to be tight and you're building a clientele. You're building a portfolio. You're trying to get validation for your creativity Yeah, and you want to be viewed as a certain way by the world and it's very fulfilling for you and we've already done a lot of work on our relationship Yeah, but I think that the the ultimate thing was was just I just missed you yeah, and I know we've talked about this on the other podcast, but you know I just thought we could bring it up and just Yeah, I hear that
0: and I feel like we've switched roles I'm the one who's saying that I miss you now yeah and you're the one who's busy and you know i'm kind of just like chilling and i mean i'm working a lot too but it's just i have other things going on to where i can't work like that and
1: but it's like this is what i've this is what i really wanted back then Mm -hmm. i wanted you i wanted what's happening right now yeah I wanted to
0: took me a minute because I overscheduled myself in the fall and it screwed me for many months.
1: But my point is, is, is that it wasn't you or it wasn't just you. Mm -hmm. It was also me just taking responsibility for, uh, or maybe, maybe a different approach. Like instead of asking you all the time, um, I need to just think for a second. What does Taylor respond to? And it's not necessarily me asking. It's uh, like if I want your attention. Um, I don't know how to say it without like making you sound bad. You uh, like if I'm always there, and this is just human nature. If something is always there and readily available, you're never gonna miss it because it's always there. It's always at your disposal. And so by making myself a little bit less available, um, it made you miss me.
0: Well, it's because you're meeting your own needs with other people and other things. I cannot be your everything. So you go out and you're fulfilled with other connections and other relationships that you need.
1: Yeah, You're and that has very... been fulfilling by yeah. having connections with other people. Yeah. But it's ultimately uh, helping me get what I ultimately wanted was you.
0: Yeah, and like sometimes I just need space. Yeah. It's not a game. It's that I have a lot of work. I'm trying to meet my own needs, take care of the stuff around the house, our cats, myself my clients and then also meeting our needs within the re- relationship yeah and like you know that my job isn't necessarily more important it's really important because I'm not relying on you to pay for my bills yeah. it's not the kind of relationship that we have and you know I'm like happy to not do that thing with a client but like you're gonna have to cover me then you know it's like that's not yeah that's not the place that I want to be right now nor do I need to because I have the capacity. And like I'm, I've am i raised my rates like so many times in the last year already. And I'm finally at a place where I'm like, cool, I don't have to work like every single day to like make that amount of money.
1: So if, if I ever wanted your time and attention in the short term without having to go and, you know, make myself less available and stuff and, f- and like meet my own needs. Could I just give you your client rate and then you could spend <laughs> time with That sounds awful. <laughs> Can I buy your time?
0: Sounds awful.
1: I know. I'm just kidding. I almost prefaced it by saying this is a joke, but I didn't want to ruin the joke.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about around that? No. No. Okay.
1: It's good. I yeah yeah I just really missed you I really love our relationship and I was just uh, missing it a lot and I didn't really know what to do about it I didn't know how to get your attention
0: well I think there's a lot more around that story around me choosing work over your relationship because I know that was a story that came up in your divorce with your ex and that is not my story. And I was not who I definitely am. definitely
1: projecting yes. a lot. Because and that's I, why
0: I was so upset with you because I was like, I am not her. Because you, you mm. have done that to me a bit, especially in the beginning. And we were, you know, going to therapy about it. And like, you're pretty good at, about it. But sometimes I, I have to really stand up for myself. I have to see myself and be like, no, this is not who I am. This is not mine to take on. I love you, but like, no, this is not personal to you. I have to go to this job. Yeah. You know, and it gets really hard when you get so enmeshed with someone emotionally and energetically that like it becomes really hard for there to be boundaries to know like what's yours, what's mine and what's ours. Yeah. And that is what I have been working on within myself within this relationship. And it feels like we're threading the needle, right? So when we came together, we threaded the needle and now we're like coming back. And it feels like we're not making progress, but like having boundaries to me is a sign that we can continue to be in relationship in a more sustainable way as we change and grow in this relationship. It's very hard because I feel like in a lot of relationships, people get to this point and they're like, there's a vacancy. This person doesn't like me anymore. This is more important. Like we're, we're falling apart. Like our connection is changing. Something must be wrong. We must break up. Like yeah. I'm bored. So I'm going to go cheat on you, but I don't have the balls to have a conversation about it. You know, sorry. I don't know if that's somebody, but you know, it's like, that's. That's where it comes to the like threshold of the relationship where you're like, it is time to grow or like, this is not going to work anymore. And I feel like we kind of just went through something like that. It was really intense and you know, I'm grateful for it, but I feel like it's still playing out, you know, like I'm like, you're going and hanging out with your brothers and having guy time and we're doing it in a way where it's like not in a state of like, i need space it's like i'm taking it now because it's good to do when things are abundant and good like consistently it's not just something you do when someone's upset you know because you just need to do that you know so
1: goes back to preparing instead of repairing
0: yeah and things are good
1: and abundant you're getting your alone time yeah even though you might not feel this like desperate need for it yeah that's what you're trying to avoid yeah trying to just you know I yeah I could use like a, a few hours to myself instead of like holy shit I need a week yeah by myself
0: which I feel like I have more of a tendency to like do is to like be alone and like do my thing and for you it's been kind of like a newer thing since we've been together that I'm like go go do your thing like I'm fine yeah You know, and um, you're finding ways and times and, you know, like how do you like to spend time by yourself? What makes you feel fulfilled, being alone and refreshed, coming back to the relationship? And for you, it's like gym and sauna, guy time with your brothers and uh, another friend or two, maybe camping, you know, stuff like that.
1: Also, just like the summertime, (laughs) I feel so much more.
0: Well, seasonal depression disorder, or whatever. Sad.
1: I feel so much more capable.
0: I feel prettier and smarter <laughs> in the summer. My
1: clothes fit better. You know that feeling when you're like driving, and somebody cuts you off, and you just start screaming and yelling because when you're driving, you're at, like a seven on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> or like when you've had a bad day. And then you walk into your house and your shirt gets caught on the door handle and you just lose your shit. That is the worst. And it's like, okay, like it's not that big of a deal. Like My shirt just caught the door handle. But you've already had such a bad day to where your stress level is already almost maxed out. In the summertime, I feel like my stress level is just lower. I'm at a lower resting stress level. But it could just be... I don't know. Maybe my stress level is just I have a higher ceiling in the summer or something. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, you're getting your vitamin D and low vitamin D is correlated with depression, so you're happier for sure.
1: When it's sunny out, I just
0: yeah, which gives you a sense of like resilience, right to be able to handle harder things to like work harder Play harder all the things
1: I feel less tired in the summer. I feel like I need less sleep Yeah, Uh, I feel more productive and a huge part of me feeling happy generally throughout the day is just Me personally feeling like i'm being productive. Yeah, and I'll tell you when I wake up in the morning and just get up.
0: Now it's my turn to pee. Oh, okay. And I know you can handle it. So I can handle what? Entertaining everyone.
1: Entertaining the troops. Yep. Oh man. I don't know about that, but I'll try. Yeah. Um. So what I was trying to say is that normally I'll like, I'll wake up at like, So in the wintertime, for example, I will go to bed early because it gets dark at like 4.30 or 5. And so I just naturally feel this desire to go to bed early because it's been dark for so long. So I'll go to bed early and then it doesn't get light until like 8 in the morning or 8.30 or something. I don't know. And then I'll wake up, but then the day is so short and I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. And so I feel not as productive. And a huge part of my happiness rests in that, or my unhappiness, when I don't feel like I'm being productive. So in the summertime, I go to bed at like 11 or something, 11.30, 12, sometimes 1.30 in the morning. But I try to wake up at like 5.00 or 6.30 at the latest, and the earlier I wake up and get out the door and just go to the gym or, or just go for a little walk, or even if I just wake up early and start doing emails or whatever, I always feel so much happier. It's so interesting how much happier I feel if I just wake up early. There's something really satisfying about that. But I want to find a way to do that in the, in the wintertime. If anybody has any suggestions, I would gladly take them. Um, that's all I really had to say about that. I wish I had Taylor here to bounce the the next sentence off of. Um, so it could just be like a seasonal thing. Maybe in the wintertime, you just need to rest more. Maybe I need to be better at like, sleep consistency like going to bed and waking up at a more consistent time because i've started tracking my sleep with my watch I'll, I'll wear it to bed at night and i'm trying to find a pattern and there isn't one i mean i since i've started wearing it like uh two or three weeks ago at night i i get an average of like six hours and 15 minutes of sleep every night and I only need about six I've noticed throughout my life I feel pretty good on six hours of sleep and there's never like a pattern though I'm, I'm always going to bed at a different time I'm always waking up at a different time depending on if you know what what jobs I have or what clients I have what I have going on that day and so maybe that's where some of my happiness is but then going back to that whole productive thing when taylor and i were talking about masculinity and just i don't know it makes me think of what's my value as a man am i am i do i have this need to be productive because i'm a man and i need to feel like i'm contributing and providing in order to feel like i have value maybe i don't really know but then why is my happiness like why do i why do i feel so much happier when i'm being productive just for myself like i'm not providing for taylor necessarily i'm not paying for her bills i'm not waking up and like doing her chores i'm just going to the gym and i'm doing emails for my own business and i just feel so much happier but i don't know it's like okay if i wake up at 7 a.m I'm just unhappy for the rest of the day for some reason. And there's nothing I can really do to shake it off, even if I do go to the gym. do you think
0: it has something to do with your dopamine from your ADHD?
1: That's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. I mean, also your self-worth being tied to like your productivity. I mean, that's our culture. There's a lot of stuff. I'm sure it's not just like one thing. We all, I feel like I even struggle with that. And just like survival. Like, am I going to? Be able to survive, you know?
1: Well, I I did a lot of research when I was first diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. I was like 27 when I was first diagnosed. And I did this, I I did a bunch of research and I read this book that talked about uh, our ancient ancestors going back way back to the hunter gatherer days. People with ADHD were typically the hunters because. We can hyperfocus. And if you if you put yourself in like a hunting scenario or hunting for elk, I have the ability to hyperfocus for short periods of time, relatively. And that, you know, I mean I, I can hyperfocus for days, but in a relative sense, that's a short period of time. And then after that, I need really long periods of rest. So just this past weekend. I was massively hyper-focused on customizing all of the buttons on my camera and learning all about how to expose properly for S-Log3 on my mirrorless camera, what's the best picture profile for a dark scenario, what's the best picture profile for a really bright scenario and how to expose properly for that, and then learning what everybody says on the internet versus what I actually think and what's my opinion and what's the best for my filming style and for my... Editing workflow And I researched for like three days deep every day I was like neglecting Eating I was neglecting my bedtime. I was neglecting house chores the gym And then at the end of three days It didn't end because I was no longer interested and because I felt like I had figured it out It was because I literally ran out of mental bandwidth to look up any more videos And I had no more ideas of how to customize. I just ran out of bandwidth and I got so exhausted. And then I noticed the next couple days I was sleeping for like eight or nine hours. And anyway, so going back to the ADHD hunter-gatherer thing or to just reset my focus, I did a lot of of research and I learned that... um, I'm this hunter type and so waking up early maybe it's just deep in my DNA somewhere that waking up early has to do with my productivity and my specific mental type Hmm. because back in the day I had to wake up early in order to hunt you know my ancestors were I don't know so my hunter with the seasons though that's the part that i'm confused is this a year long is this a year round thing if i just wake up early every day throughout the whole year i don't think so will i be happier
0: i don't think that's so that's the question yeah i mean how do you honor the seasons of your body it's the same thing as earth right
1: yeah but i remember in the winter time i was like god why am i so tired all the time why can i not why don't i have any motivation you're
0: supposed to rest more in winter time
1: i know but i was Unhappy a lot in the winter time.
0: Or were you unhappy because you were wanting to sleep more? Or because you were fighting your body's need to sleep more? Yeah,
1: the resistance. <laughs> I just read this book about resistance. What was it called again?
0: No idea. You oh, read so many. I books. just thought, I was
1: talking to you about it a lot though. Audible books. What was it?
0: I don't know.
1: I have to know.
0: I have da, to. Da,
1: da, da, da. I have to find it out, I or else it's gonna bother know.
0: me. The
1: book was called
0: Oh little goose. Little kitty just came inside of my lap.
1: The War of Art. Oh, babies. And it was all about resistance and how as human beings when we, when we feel resistance or when we feel fear, we usually run in the opposite way. Um And how actually you should use fear and resistance as a compass for your life. Where if you're afraid of that thing, that's probably an area that you could grow. And so you should go towards that.
0: It's a double-edged sword though. Because I feel like some people do that. Like I've done that in many situations in my life. And it's gotten me in trouble to where I legitimately use like if you're afraid of it, then you need to go do it. And that was like my hard line. And I feel like that's not always true. Hmm. I feel like You know, there's actually an enneagram type Or some kind of type where it's like someone where they Like feel like they have to do it because of the fear But then it's just like a personal preference Like you don't have to do everything that you're afraid of you just don't yeah, you know, and I I don't know I think that a hard and fast rule around that is kind of a little dogmatic personally. I wouldn't say that
1: it's a hard and fast rule, but well, that would book you,
0: makes it feel like it's a hard and fast rule.
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: Eh, to me, it does. <laughs> I, would
1: just, I, I think that it was more saying if you go in the direction of the things that you're afraid of, if you face your fears, Yeah. do you think that... It's not saying that you have to. It's just yeah, saying okay. that if you do, you're oh. going to mm-hmm. grow or maybe you're going to become more brave. It's kind of like exposure therapy. Yeah. If you face the thing you're afraid of, Say that you're afraid of going on elevators. Mm-hmm. If you get into an elevator, you're probably going to be afraid, but you're doing it. And then if you keep doing it over and over and over, do you think that the fear goes away? Probably not. Although maybe it does, but you're most likely just becoming more brave or you're becoming just more used to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, brave is very subjective. I feel like brave is like, oh... They don't feel fear, but really it's like they're doing it and they're scared. And I also think that it doesn't matter if you don't need to get an elevator and it's not impinging your life and you don't need to do it, then fine. If your quality of life is fine, like, and you're stoked, then you're fine.
1: But the interesting part of this point that I'm making is that Yes, you faced your fear of this elevator, and then all of a sudden, y- you start um, like the 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 deeper reason comes out, like the deeper thing that you're actually struggling with mm-hmm. comes out because you faced your fear in this other area. Right. Like I, uh, yeah. Jordan Peterson talked about this in a interview one time. He said, as a therapist, if he can get people to willingly face their fears for example this elevator thing they'll do it and they'll do it and they'll face it and they'll get more brave or more used to it or whatever and then all of a sudden they're having a conversation with their spouse or their partner that they've been avoiding and for some reason it was tied to the elevator fear Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's the what the book is about that's what the book talks about it's like if you face your fear and you don't resist Uh you just let let it happen, face your fear, feel it, let it have its voice and then explore it, become more brave, become more used to it. Then you're going to find in your life other, like the deeper thing that you're struggling with. You're going to find answers if you go towards those things because they there's answers there. There's, uh, there's un unexplored weaknesses or there's unexplored I don't really know what the word is, but there's just something that's lacking. It's tied to that fear somehow.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I could see how that would be, could be true. I just wonder if it's true all the, across the board.
1: I mean, probably not, but yeah. probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, okay.
1: I I mean, I don't know. It's What if it is? It could be.
0: Then it's all conceptual and we'll never know until they prove it with science and there'll be people who don't care about that either and whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, you're losing me a little. I'm starting to fade. How long have we been doing this?
1: Over two hours.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to
1: fade. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the time that we've been talking that's making you fade. Maybe it's just the topic. So what if we talk about... We can go back to the creativity thing where you were like super stoked and mm. what it feels like when a client, you know, decides to entertain a creative idea that you had.
0: How does it feel for you?
1: Oh, I, I imagine it would feel like as joyful and ecstatic As it as it does for you because Mm -hmm. you just like bursted into laughter when I asked you but if I'm honest I don't have enough confidence in my creative ideas and creative vision That uh, I've really put it out there that much Hmm. And so I don't have as I don't really have any experience with it (laughs) How is
0: that true?
1: Um well, I mean, the only experience that I really have with it is when I was a kid. Hmm. I had enough confidence when I was a kid to explore my creativity with videography because I was with my family and it was with my dad's video camera. And I had these ideas to make these videos and they were super weird, just recreating child stories like Little Red Riding Hood with my siblings Mm -hmm. and then making them funny and showing them to my parents or my friends and my, well, not really my friends sometimes, but only my closest, closest friends and my siblings. And then we'd laugh and it was hilarious. And then that would give me the confidence to explore. But it so if you ask me that question again, and I'm thinking about that, it feels amazing. You're right. There's no way to like, it, it's the best. Yeah. It's the absolute best. It fills me with life.
0: So why don't you do that now?
1: Because I don't have the confidence to do it with strangers who I'm asking to pay me. Like the other day, Jerry, our landlord, our land friend, he asked me if I'd ever... Because uh, we were talking about Dark, the Netflix show. And I was like, oh my God, I love that show because it's so the composition is incredible. The colors are amazing. The film, the cinematography is just next level. And he was like, have you ever thought about making a a movie? I was like, no, like I, I, I don't have the the confidence to tell my own stories. I'm better at telling other people's stories. Hmm. Um, and maybe I lost that confidence along the way because I didn't get the reaction from people that I wanted or I didn't get, you know, they didn't laugh a lot of my videography creativity is wrapped up in comedy and humor Mm -hmm. i I want them i want it to have an element of humor Mm -hmm. and there's just not a lot of like at least not with what i've found there's not a lot of room for humor in the type of work that i do Mm. like how do i add humor into a video that i'm doing for a, a juice bar or a restaurant yeah, How do I pitch that idea? And I mean, I know that there's room for humor inside of videography, mm-hmm. but with the jobs that I currently have, and if I want to keep making money, how do I add humor into that and still have it be on brand for that business? the The only way that I really find the freedom to make videos that I find creative is just do it myself Mm -hmm. and post it on my YouTube. But I don't know I don't make any money on YouTube and I just get really busy with client work because I'm good at what I do and there's not a lot of people that do it around here in this in the in this valley and so I'm just busy with client work and I want to prioritize that, though. I want to find time to make videos that are creative. I just...
0: Yeah. How else will you draw in those types of clients who want to hire you for that because no one knows that that's something that you enjoy and that you actually do?
1: I just have ADHD, and so I have so many interests.
0: Yeah, and if it's something you're interested enough about, then you'll make time and prioritize it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm a huge believer that if, you know, people always say like, oh, I don't have time. Yeah. I'm, I'm a believer in that that is false, that the way that they say that is wrong. I think that people always have time. They just don't prioritize it. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions on like videos that I could do that are funny they have an element what's of comedy what's something
0: you find funny right now in your life that you feel like you could write about or shoot about
1: uh, i don't know i don't know
0: give it some time
1: the things that i find funny are um like saying things that you're not supposed to hmm and i feel like that's just too dangerous to do right now.
0: Yeah, i mean it might have some repercussions for sure. Yeah. Yeah, unless you want to be a comedian, then you could go that route.
1: Yeah. I don't really want to be a, like a stand-up comedian. Mm. Um but i love making a video that that gets a a reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. But the reaction that I really want <laughs> is um, I want people to laugh.
0: Her cat is playing with Ammon's computer. Cord. It's very
1: cute. The world right now just feels so serious. Everybody's so mad. And they're canceling each other for for things that they said in the past. And I don't know. I think that if we could just learn how to laugh at stuff it would cause us to take it less seriously and it would really i feel like change the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's also good that people are being educated on language that they'd used and the way that they spoke about things that were disrespectful and totally ignorant. I don't think it's wrong. I don't either,
1: but that's that's besides the point. And I hate saying that because I I want you to I want to hmm. help you feel like it's okay to say what you what you're thinking but it's a, it's besides that I, I don't discount the value and the importance of being educated and taking responsibility and being accountable for your behavior in the past or for things that you've done that were wrong yeah i just think that it's gotten to the point even for me like where i have set aside my sense of humor mm-hmm. in order to like try to take a hard look at myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, i don't like that i i think that we need to do both yeah. I, st- I still want to have humor i want to have laughter and i want to be able to still laugh at things that are difficult because sometimes that's a way to get through it
0: mm-hmm yeah it's one way
1: it's really difficult though because finding humor in things that are painful or serious is difficult. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. Because people's feelings get hurt and they get mad. And then when somebody gets mad at you, it's nearly impossible to f- tap into your sense of humor. Yep. At least me, I just want to retract and go into a deep hole and hide because I don't want to be seen hmm Anyway, I'm losing you. <laughs> Sorry. Are you hungry? Yeah. Me too.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna finish my waffle.
0: Nice. Should we make some pork chops? Hours. Yeah. Make some food.
1: Anyway, I just wanna to wrap up everything that I'm saying, I wanna plug um Bo Burnham. <laughs> I feel like he does such a great job. Yeah, of he's super good. Taking responsibility for his actions and he's so introspective, but he also he does exactly what I'm talking about. He takes accountability, he looks at himself really really hard and he finds a way to still be funny. And man, he's so good at it. He's so funny. Watch if you if you're interested. He has a Netflix special out called Inside, and then he just released, as of the date of recording this, today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022, like a week ago, he released his uh, outtakes from that Netflix special on YouTube, so go check that out if you want. He's amazing. He's healing the world with comedy. <laughs>
2: hmm.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Hey Taylor, should I tell the people that they can uh, call in?
0: Do what you want to do. Okay, everybody,
1: I'm going to put myself out there and give my phone number as the creative cream hotline. If you would like to call or text any feedback or ideas, thoughts, um, if you want to be included in the show or anything, text me. You can ask questions and we'll answer them on the show. My phone number is 801-634-5855. That's the official Creative Cream hotline. You can, uh, yeah, do whatever you want with that phone number. But don't give it to, like, telemarketers or whatever. And uh, just when you text or call... Um, just tell me if you're okay with me putting putting it on the show and I'll include it, you know, and uh, it'd be cool to have some guest questions. It'd be fun to have a section in this podcast where we have like listener questions and answer them. I think that could be really fun. Don't you, Tay?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, she's gone.
0: As long as everyone is respectful, I don't have time for anybody being weird. Yeah. FYI. I will ignore you and ghost you.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you listened to this uh, podcast on Spotify, this is just a couple of... Ha- you, you can turn the episode off now if you're done listening. But for housekeeping, if you listened to this episode of the podcast on Spotify, you can rate the show on Spotify now. Just go to the homepage of this episode or this podcast And leave us a rating because that will help the show in the whole, you know, internet algorithm stuff. If you listened on Apple, you can click on there and scroll down and leave a rating on there. You can just leave it five stars and then you can write a review if you'd like. That would be super helpful. We welcome all positive. You know what? We welcome all honest reviews. I don't care if it's negative, whatever. Um, And then, yeah, share it with a friend if you want, if you found some value from it. And that's it. Do you have anything to say to end, Taylor? Thanks
0: for listening to our long recap and rant.
1: Taylor's uh, allergies are really flaring up. All right, everybody.